Hello, this is Dan Kalak, member of the Palma Band of Lusanio Indians and the Chief Medical Officer for Indian Health Council over the past 19 years. Miyum. May we all wonder and be blessed by the energy created by the life around us, perpetuated and created from our ancestors and their ancestors for time immemorial. We recognize the Creator's hand is all that we see, feel, think, and do here on Earth and in our short existence. We treasure our time together and we wish each other peace, happiness, and long life. For love, health, time is all we have here on Earth. We relish our bodies, minds, spiritual being, and our consciousness, drinking in our reality with the ones we love and making a good place for our people is paramount. For our Earth, our animal brothers and sisters on Earth, the ocean, the sea, and the unseen that share our space, we treasure your existence. For our children we love, live, and last one more day, if not for ourselves, but for our generations to come forever now on Earth and to the universe end. Michonne Lovick. Welcome to the What About Life podcast. I'm your host, David Dawson, multimedia coordinator here at Indian Health Council. Joining me for today's podcast are my PEI cohorts, Mr. George Pojas. Hello, hello. And Mr. Arturo Calvo. Hello, hello. And uh, you guys want to introduce uh, our, 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 our fellow uh, co-workers here who are joining us today? Yeah, today's our lucky day because we have uh, Tina in the house. Tina, how you doing? Hello, hello, mommy and Wen. And Charles, you made it. I did make it today, all right. How's it going? <laughs> We're going pretty good, pretty good. How are you doing today? Good, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Charles Rodriguez, and I am the tour coordinator here at Indian Health Council. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's Tor, Tor stands for Tribal oh, okay. Opioid yeah. Response, correct? Correct, yes. And this is Red Ribbon Week, right? Red. It is Red Ribbon Week. So oh, we have is. our substance abuse specialists at the table. How, how did we get both of them locked in? We got lucky. <laughs> we got donuts. No, we donuts. No shotguns allowed. <laughs> I think the way it went down is I grabbed Tina in the hallway and then Tina grabbed Charles from hey. his office. So, hey, yeah. However it worked, however, you guys are here. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. It's a hallway fishing uh, expedition. Right? <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Tina, I think you were made for a pot, for the podcast world. Why? <laughs> well, we'll find out. We'll see right now, huh? <laughs> How you doing? All the energy. Man, I'm doing pretty good. So um, I know it's lovely outside. It's always nice to be in attendance with you gentlemen right here. Make it fun, right? So I today, I guess what we want to talk about is fentanyl, right? Uh, yeah, that sounds yeah. like probably the topic to jump in right to into, jump it, into huh? today. Yes, yeah. right into it, right? Because it's scary out there, right? Um, we hear about it everywhere all the way like from the valley to the back of the mountain people are dabbling in this stuff and i don't think they realize the seriousness of what this does to our community and to themselves right fentanyl is number one leading cause of native americans out here right now in this back mountain um and it's touching everybody it has no discrimination to age um really to color of any type actually right you hear about it in the news we're hearing about it everywhere the schools um and that's why we really want to talk about this and why it's important to me because I know that I don't want it to, I know, I see how it affects my community and I'm really, really concerned about the youth out there right now. Um, we heard about kids finding some of this stuff on, at their youth groups, things like that. You hear about it being transported in cereal boxes. Um, you just hear about it everywhere right now and just we want to put the education out there so that people can get over the stigma of it um, and know that we have resources here. Fentanyl is, was designed as a synthetic drug, and it was designed to help cancer patients, right? And then what happens is, though, is that it's touching everybody. So before, you would have just regular opioid users, right? And they're using heroin or whatever, some Norcos, oxycodones, whatever else they're taking, right? And But this fentanyl is just hitting the streets, and it's being laced in methamphetamines. Um, I've recently heard people are crossing it with their marijuana, and it, um, if you don't even know that you're taking it, like one time can literally, it can kill you. It's causing overdoses like crazy. Um, 
Cross tolerance is actually very scary with it as well. People want to party, take a little pill, and then they're drinking, maybe taking some benzos or something with it, taking something else, and that increases your risk for overdose. You know, they're unaware. And it's, it's really potent, right? Like, it's very potent. C- compared to a- its its alternatives? Uh, oh, yeah. So with the fentanyl, it, it only takes about two milligrams to be at a lethal overdose, and two uh, milligrams... Wow. Is on. It's about like they say, two, three, four, five grains of salt. So it doesn't really take any at all to cause a, an overdose to someone that is not opiate to- tolerant. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Uh, I, I went to visit grandma last night, and uh, uh, grandma was on one. Grandma was uh, cranky, and yeah. then uh, she brought up. Uh, she said, "You know, uh, I just saw on the news." She just pulls this out random. She goes, "You know, there's what's going on with this Halloween? These kids can't get candy now because they got that stuff in candy. And, and she mentioned, you know, that there's fentanyl in the Skittles. And I'm like trying to get grandma to calm down. And I'm like, Graham, hold on, you know, let's talk about this. And she was like, this, you know, again, she was, she was, uh, grandma was upset about stuff, but, uh, I guess she saw the fentanyl, uh, stuff going around on, uh, about the candy with Halloween coming on. And then, uh, um, luckily she kind of checked, checked a little bit uh, and she goes, you know, but, but it's always been something because, you know, there was always, Halloween's always had some sort of threat. Oh, well, then, I remember when I was yeah. a kid, there were, there were people getting their teeth shattered because people were putting like screws and stuff in people's candy And then bars. there was the razor blades. I remember and the razor blades. There was always something, right? And so, and, 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 but uh, Charles and myself have been on a project or two uh, and uh, um, where people have, have talked about the candy and the fentanyl, but um, um, you guys want to talk a little bit about that? Well, I think it's a little bit of a misconception. I don't think anybody's just really trying to advertise it like as candy to poison the kids. A couple of things are going on. So, yeah, they're probably making them colorful, like a rainbow color. That's why they're putting in the Skittles reference, right? Um, I know in San Bernardino, they, on a bus, caught some in cereal packaging, and it's for transporting reasons, right? Um, but the problem is, is, though, is that when you get people loaded on drugs, they don't have good sense right common sense yeah and that's what happens is you leave it out kid gets it those accidents happen like that um i don't think anybody wants to intentionally go out and poison kids with fentanyl or anything like that but it's scary because kids can get their hands on it is right what it is i mean yeah. I, I let's not let's not cut some of these some of these people short there's some shrewd evil people out there that would mm-hmm. probably do something but but i i think generally for the most part like you're saying the the goal is the goal of a drug dealer isn't to get a bunch of kids high on fentanyl because ultimately they want to make money and they yeah, ain't going right? to be distributing <laughs> distributing a bunch of free fentanyl for Halloween, right? And no. so I think Charles, you uh, you gave a presentation the other day that, that really put it in perspective for myself, um, and 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 uh, it, it really talked about um, just kind of the the level of, uh, of I guess I guess how in the game are you? Like if you if you're in the, if you know if you've been around drugs, you know what what drug dealers and 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 and, and kind of packaging looks like i mean uh um i mean literally a, a package of skittles is gonna look like a pa- it's gonna prop it's gonna be skittles but if you got a, a package that's been like taped up or reconditioned and it just looks off then obviously for halloween just toss that bag away you know and and not that there's fentanyl on it but who knows i mean just throw it away you know um but but generally people are using it like you said for you know uh um um um, smuggling purposes and then also to mark their product. A lot of these drug dealers got their little trademark where, you know, I got the rainbows, I got the blues, I got oh, yeah. the Skittles, I got this and I got that. And then, and then by the time it gets to grandma on the news, we got a full blown Skittles mm-hmm. got fentanyl on it. And then, and, and, and if that's, what's going to scare our kids and not touch it, then so be it. Mm-hmm. But but if that's gonna also if that's gonna scare people away from getting going to Halloween, I don't think that's the idea. I don't think that's what's happening. Is that right? Yeah, right. So because like the the DEA posted that uh, that fentanyl, the rainbow fentanyl, about what was it the end of August, and it kind of coincides with the Halloween, and that's what causes the big scare. You know, the media starts releasing it, and then they're they're not trying to scare people away from Halloween, but they are trying to tell you to be aware. You know, like um, uh, this could potentially happen, but it. it you know, I wouldn't be too concerned. Like, you know, be vigilant. Check your candy, your kids' candy, if they're going out for Halloween and all that. You know, just just be aware of it. You know, anything suspicious, 
toss it away like george yeah, said generally don't accept loose candy in a ziploc bag not a good idea <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly confiscating all the snickers i mean yeah <laughs> it could be it could be dirty like you know like you know old candy or you know just like you would generally check candy yeah but right? but it is it is scary i mean i'm sure there's been instances where kids have found it and thought it was something else. Well, and I think that's candy. the biggest danger yeah. of like the rainbow fentanyl, right? Like a young kid's not going to know the difference between a little thing of colored pills versus a bowl of Skittles. Right. Know? And that's where even where we frown upon addiction for the most part, right? It creates a stigma. You don't want, you know, it's not something we're encouraging people to go out and do right. But at the same time, that's where you have to be thinking about seeking safety, right? Mm -hmm. And so you seek safety and... So we know in our community, we have addicts, people that are actively using. So like, keep your stuff, put it away. Like, um, we even have fentanyl test strips. Like, so if you're get, doing meth or if you're smoking marijuana, you can get test strips from us to make sure that your stuff is not being contaminated. Because George, you did hit a point and I wanna um, speak on that is that as a drug dealer, sometimes what I would think is what I've been thinking about. I did think about this a while back actually was is that not nobody's going to go around giving away free fentanyl, but they may lace drugs in order to get you addicted, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. That part right there. If I can get my hood or my little, my res, if I get a bunch of the, the, the teenagers to start smoking my stuff, smoking, They're only put a little fentanyl mine. on it to hook them, then I got a, I got, I got a, I got a clientele now. Right. Because then they're only going to watch your brand, right? right? Or I got, you know, 10 new customers. Yeah. So there's, we have, like I said, the fentanyl test strips where you can test your drugs to make sure that it's not being laced with fentanyl because that is a real life scare. Um, we actually have lots of services. I don't know, Charles, you want to talk about some of the services we offer? So, yeah, I mean, also we're in harm reduction and going back to the rainbow fentanyl. So like if a kid did, a, a child did find it, what we really do push is the naloxone kits to have them in different, uh, you know, grocery stores or outlets around the area. And because, you know, it just, it, hopefully it never does happen, but, you know, if a kid does find those pills and then they do ingest it or take it somehow, you know, they that maybe someone close by will have naloxone and reverse the opioid crisis emergency. So, yeah, I mean, that's one of our, our outreaches. We do harm reduction. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. no. Oh, that was it. So, sorry. I, something came up. I just wrote oh, a little note. I got to talk to Charles about something afterwards. It just reminded me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Charles is on point. Well, this is our new star, by the way. This is our this is our rookie of the year right now. I, I'm, uh, Charles is going to be... Charles is on the squad. I've been usurped. I'm no longer the rookie Charles, of the year. Yeah, I, I, I got yeah high praise. Yeah, I, I, I've been I've been fortunate to work on a project with you, but I, I really think that you're, you've connected with me. But um, um, but go ahead, go ahead. There's something I want I want to run by. I wanna uh, so run by I mean, this. another part of our pro our, our program is too is also you know if you're actively seeking help, come and we have Matt services. So uh, that's medication assisted treatment from the clinic, and that hooks you up with a, a medical doctor and also like our like uh, Tina here, our, our substance abuse counselor. Uh, that's another a program too. And our, the other part that we do also specialize too is in outreach. So. Like we will go out to uh, uh, communities or we hold events to spread awareness and uh, we have education so we can do Narcan um, training to show you how to administrate it safely. And it, the other good thing about it is it's not harmful. So there's no adverse reaction from it. So if you're going to administrate Narcan to somebody, it's not going it, it's only going to work if there was an opioid. And that they actually overdose from opioid, right? And opioids consist of not just fentanyl, but it consists of the heroin and nor norcos, oxycodones, those roxies, all of those. And so, and that's another thing I think with, um, you know, so the way opioids hit, they hit every generation differently, right? So another thing with um, maybe our elders, our seniors, our people that have been in accidents, maybe sometimes you've been prescribed medications and then all of a sudden now you're addicted to this medication. Technically, after five days of taking a narcotic opioid, you become physically dependent upon it. Mm -hmm. So that's where you would come in and seek out the MAT services. And um, we can, they have different forms and you, you come see us, the counselor, and then with the doctor as well. Now, some of the other resources that we offer would be one-on-one -on -one counseling with myself or, or someone else. We have resources outside um, intensive care, intensive patient 
intensive IOP, and then we have residential treatment as well. So there's different levels for different people that may fit your lifestyle to whatever's going on. But the number one thing is, is to seek so help. IOP is intense outpatient care? Yes. So which means you're basically in a facility? Well, there's lots of different facilities. So there's some where you go into sober livings and then you go do the date treatment with them. There's some where you can stay home and go to those classes as well. And then you have lower grade IOPs, like where you would come see us here at the what clinic. What if you're working? What if you have a livelihood? you got to keep working, but you you got you to get clean. There are um, there are clinics out there that have a weekend and evening schedules as well. So there's something for everybody, really. Mm-hmm. There's kind of like no excuse. Like, right. You know what I mean? Right. You know, I want to I want to mention something going back, if I may. But but you know, you were talking about the drugs and and drug dealers, going back to the candy. Uh, um, that somebody might be packaging or like giving candy away that might be an active user. It might be you know whether they're cutting up a pill or or using throughout the day, smoking, putting stuff on foil, and have fentanyl residue all over their hands or all over the table where maybe candy was. And and let's say that was rubbing all over the candy. And and let's say a kid then went around and like you know used his mouth to tear open a bag of candy. And and, and you know I mean there there could be some you know there can be some some situations where it, uh, you know someone can can get hurt. And I think going back to what Tina was saying, you know, if you are using, you know, be careful because that stuff that you're playing with very, very deadly, deadly poison that can, well, that can kill, can kill you yourself. You said four, four grains of salt, yeah. Yeah. essentially. Four, four grains of salt. Yeah, I mean, that's all it takes. That'd be easy enough to acquire through powder that's left on a, on a wrapper or something. Absolutely. There was, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but last year, San Diego officer pulled somebody over, was searching them, got a little whiff of it, and he OD'd. So, so uh, you know, I don't, I don't have the uh, the statistics in front of me, so I don't want to just throw out just things out. But from what I understand, a lot of the research that is coming back on the overdoses is saying that a lot of the overdoses is through active ingestion, though. So, like where we were, I think a couple a year or so ago, especially from like the police video of overdose, where like you could touch it and overdose, or you could breathe it, like from opening a baggie and overdose. Are we finding that that to be true still, or is it like you actively have to be using? I would say it's more actively using. Those are there are those rare circumstances where those freak accidents could happen, but for the most part, people are knowingly and willingly taking this, and it could be they're just straight out opioid users now like they've just been turned on and turned out so bad on it Mm -hmm. or it could be you're going to a party you're drinking with somebody and you're taking a pill because you just want to have a good time right a lot of that's happening as well like with the college students teenage students well and at that age a lot of people slip stuff into people yes you know without them knowing that's what they're getting like i've I've watched friends get roofied you know and yeah well i mean as a substance abuse counselor i'm gonna disclose that I'm an ex-addict. And let me tell you, sometimes it didn't matter to me. Like I remember being at a um, musical festival and somebody saying, here, try this. I'm like, okay, I take it. Then I'm like, what's it do, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, that's where I was at back yeah. then. So it is scary, um, but that's why we need to bring the awareness. Um, I do wanna say though, I think back here in Indian country, a lot of our people just, we know that they're taking it. Yeah. We know they're taking it. They're taking it openly and willingly. And it's just so hard because once you, like, for myself, when I was on drugs, and I thought I would never be an opioid user or what I would consider myself to be at the time, a junkie, right? I didn't think I would ever do those things because I wasn't raised to be like that. Not that you're raised to be any of those other things either, but I just thought that that was the one thing I would never do. And then once I was doing it, I just... I don't know. I just couldn't believe that I did it. And then I was so ashamed about it that I didn't want to tell nobody. And I was trying to hide it until it was just to a point where I was so sick that I didn't have a choice. Like, and then it was like, all of a sudden it's like, I've been using heroin for over a year and nobody in my family knew. And then I'm so sick. They didn't know how to help me. Mm-hmm. And um, my only option at the time was going to the hospital to seek that help. And, um, the thing with that is that it's so shameful and people want to um, discriminate against you so much. But the thing is, is like, I'm hoping like right now with our community that we're embracing it and letting people know, like, you know what? Everybody goes through something where I'm sad, like whatever's going on with you, um, whatever the situation might be. But I want I'm here to help you now. 
Like I have that experience. And I think like some people, a lot of people here, we've all seen it. And the truth is that it's affected so many of us in so many different ways, whether it be ourselves, a loved one, whatever in Indian country relations you hear. I mean, there's so many interconnections here that you can't say that somebody hasn't been touched by it. And I just hope that people would quit like stigmatizing it, like yeah. just be there for somebody, like truly be there, really try to seek out the services and the help and to say like, let's get rid of this. Like, let's get this off my res. Let's get this away from our people. We don't want it no more. Like, and, and let's just help our sick people, you know, cause yeah. it is a disease. Nobody's just saying, Oh, like nobody turned around and said, this is what I want to be that I want to be so desperate and sick of that horrible feeling that, that, it's gut wrenching it through your bones. Nobody wants that on a daily basis. They're just so addicted now that they it's hard to get away from it. And sometimes the problem is is that our people closest to us, whether it's imagine in our own mind or perception, all that perceived stuff, right? But like, let's just start saying, "Hey, let me help you. How can I help you?" You know, and um, and for the ones that are just really stuck, like we have to do that um. That tough love, like, okay, we can't stand for it, you know? We just can't stand for it because I am concerned about our future generations coming. I see how hard it's hitting, and I, and I don't want that to be a solution for one of my children, my nieces, my nephews, your nieces, your nephews, anybody else's, you know? And so that's where I stand with putting this information out there. I just want people to know, like, you know what? I never think I'm better than anybody else. I've been through so much, too, that I understand I really will do as much as I can for you to see about getting you the help that you need. It's a matter of having a desire, knowing that there's a solution, creating a plan and making it happen no matter what. Like, yeah. and it can happen. I've, I've gone through it. I see people getting through it and then outreaching with each other, be, having the support groups, going to meetings and just being there for people. Like truly just be there for people because you don't know, you want to say this won't happen to my kids. This won't happen to, oh, not us. I've heard that. And the next thing you know, though, you don't know it's happening in the community. It's happening in the school. It's going to happen. If you have teenage kids, daughters, sons, they're going to start partying or just hanging out a little bit. So you know what? The best way to attack this is to heal everybody. Like don't leave no one behind in this situation. You just like, you got to, the person that you want to criticize, think about like, where did they, how did they get that way? And how can I help? Because you know what? I don't want that person turning my loved one on some way down the road into something. So if we can start to take, and that's the thing is we see these things in these posts, like our community wasn't like this. Like we need to embrace and help each other. All that. I don't want to talk to you because some family feud from who knows when my cousin, your cousin, like that stuff's got to go. You have to, like, you can't move forward without healing. And this is the time for that right now. It's about healing, healing the forest, right? In a wild variety movement, we talk about that. Like, healing the forest. Like, it has to be a group effort. You can't say, not it's not happening to me, it's not on my house. Because if it's happening somewhere down the street, it's still affecting your household some way, somehow. Yeah, so there needs to be a little less judgment, a little more understanding and compassion and empathy is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, I thank you for sharing, Tina. I mean, that was, you know, you've obviously gone through a lot. Um, my mother was an addict, and she went through her journey as well, and so I'm pretty familiar with how difficult that journey really can be. Um, so, you know, I, I appreciate and applaud you for, for taking – that experience and then putting your energy towards helping everybody. I think, I think that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, really do. And I think, uh, we need a lot more of that kind of compassion in the world for sure. Shoot. Especially, especially to fight something like this, you know, this isn't, uh, in my opinion, in my opinion, and, and, and I'm sure the, the, the statistics and, and, and professionals have a, have a specific route, but, you know, this thing is, is, is just like taking over. We're seeing numbers that are just skyrocketing from like, what is it? In 2019, there was less than 100 overdoses to post-COVID. We're looking at what, four or 500 oh, overdoses. Yeah, so right now the statistics about it, like 450 overdoses. I mean, this yeah. thing is, is, is taking over. I mean, it, it, it's sweeping our communities. And so 
whatever is written yesterday is changing. The, the approach that, that, that it's getting into our community, how they're smuggling it, how they're selling it, how they're serving it, how there's well, the prices and, 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 and the, the depression levels, why kids are taking it, like you said. So, you know, we, we think in our prevention efforts that, you know, we're going to focus on, you know, we're going to focus on kids that, you know, whether they're poor or whatever, whatever it is, it, it, it's hitting everybody. You know, we could be having a good time and want to take some fentanyl. We can be really sad and want to take some fentanyl. Any day is a good day. You know, we can we could just <laughs> take something and not even know it's fentanyl. No better than taking fentanyl. Hey, we, when, we, we, the last thing I'll ever do is take fentanyl and have no idea you're going to take fentanyl. And next thing you know, you're hurt. Right. You know, uh, so, so I think that we just got to be super vigilant because, uh, um, like you said, it, it's every, right next door or in our house. That's the thing. We think, especially, I think the people that say it's not my house, I think, I think there's one, they're the ones that got to have, you know, be most careful because that's probably either where it's, where it's at or where it's coming, you know, because the second you think that, you know, not you or not me, uh, I think that's where, where the second you let your guard down. Yeah. Yeah. Denial is a big one right there. You never want to be in denial. At least if you're being aware, you can start to be accountable. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, because like you said, our community is so tight. And when you talk about that forest and the trauma, uh, uh, we, we've all been affected by it, you know. And even if you've, you've left and you've gone far away, you know, um, unless you've dealt with it, you know, unless you've dealt with it, you, you, maybe your kids haven't or maybe maybe you figured out a way to cope with it. But, you know, your wife, your kids or your, your mom or, or whatever is dealing with it. You might be, you know, hiding or, you know, introverted or not talking to nobody. But but they're they're dealing with it while you're not, you know. So or, you know, we we could we could probably keep going down that route. But it, it it's 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 getting, it's getting it's different. I think it's just different that the drug is different, and then and then the the prevention efforts are evolving as well. Absolutely. So it's like you never know, like you said, what somebody's going through, even what the causes are, whatever. Right? When we're talking about that, and and it is, it's just it's. And the truth is, so you mentioned something earlier, like, um, and it goes through, things go through season. Everything goes through season. But the thing is, is like we said, to bring the awareness, to educate people as much as possible, and just being diligent about it as much as possible. And so I know that um, it's, it's just really scary. I would hate for someone to just, to try to turn a blind eye to something. You know, and if we know something, you see something, you say something, you hear something, right? All those little different things, I just, all that stuff, you just have to wrap around the community as much as possible and to just um, bring as much awareness as possible, so. I think awareness is key, right? Like, it, it, we, we've talked about it with suicide. We've talked about it with, uh, you know, sexual education. Like, just ignoring a problem doesn't make it go away by any means, but being aware of it. Um, taking steps to combat it, you know, if we're talking about, you know, sex ed, I mean, obviously abstinence is the safest way to live your life, right? But that's not realistic in the long term. People are going to have sex. We're all driven to do it. So here's a condom. Here's birth control. Here's various things that can help kind of protect as you move forward in life. So in the case of the fentanyl, we've got naloxone. We've got the testing these things are not things to ignore. These things are things to embrace as tools to help us be prepared for the occurrence that unfortunately sounds like is likely to happen <laughs> at some point in our lives around us, you know? Um, so if we ignore it and we're not prepared for it, then we're really shocked when it happens and we don't have a tool set to cope with it. But I think the awareness is really important in helping us deal with it. Maybe we save a family member's life who unfortunately ends up in that position. You know, um, if we ignore it, it doesn't mean they're not going to have that happen. You know, but we could be prepared to to save their life and then help them. You know, get over it. Um, the the downside to not being prepared is is death, right? And there's no coming back from that. Right. So you can come to the clinic and you can ask for Charles or myself or any substance abuse counselor and get the, um, get the Narcan and or you can even see the doctors and get a prescription for it as well. There should be community out, outreach resource places that have it as well. Fire departments have it. Um, any type of doctor's office pretty much has it. You can Google it. 
anything through Google, right? Google has answers for everything. There's no, there really is no excuse to at least be prepared, right? Because if you don't have a plan, if you don't prepare to plan, then you plan to fail, right? Just like yeah. you said, so. Yeah, so like, like Tina did say too. Yeah, you can get the the, 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 lock, the Narcan naloxone at the pharmacy, but you know, for us, we uh, we if you come to the clinic, we give it out for free. If you go to the pharmacy or anything like that, it's going to be about one hundred and fifty dollars. So you're going to pay out of pocket. Whereas for us, it's we just provide it for you. One hundred and fifty. Yeah. That's Jeez. What they, that's what it costs. Tina and Charles are dropping the knowledge here. Can you guys give out your number? How to call? Set up an appointment? Come out here. Yeah, the clinic's number is 760-749-1410, extension 5376. And just come up to the front desk. Our ladies up there Option are lovely. Four. Option four, four for behavioral health, right? And or just come walk in. Front yeah. desk, and they'll they'll reach out to some of one of us and we'll we have it on hand. Yeah, my extension is five three three four. Yeah. Um, also, if you're a community leader and, and you want some uh, uh, help advocating and spreading awareness in the community, um, you know, reach out and, and, and maybe we could, you know, help you strategize or even help you with an approach. Um, um, there, there's com community approach on this whole thing. It's going to take a community effort, you know, um, from top to bottom. That includes little kids and big kids and, and elders, you know, uh, um, first responders. Uh, everybody has a different angle. And, and uh, we, we can maybe help you with some ideas, too. So um, reach out for, for that as well. And Charles and I would actually come out and do a training. There's going to be a train at the Santa Isabel Clinic. This Thursday on the 27th uh, at the Santa Isabel Clinic, Satellite Clinic, from 11 to 12 is the first Narcan op and opiate education class. And then the second one is at 1 o'clock and 2. Yeah, and we'll be dispensing Narcan there and uh, any type of other harm reduction material okay indian health council has been empowering native wellness for over 50 years we continue to do so with services like our mobile pantry where you can receive free and nutritious food for you and your family join us at our rincon facility on the second Tuesday of every month or on the fourth Tuesday of every month at our Santa Isabel location between 10 and 11 a.m. Upon arriving, you'll receive a variety of pre-packaged dry goods and bulk produce. The mobile pantry is open to all families and community members. Both of our sites are following all COVID-19 health and safety guidelines as recommended by the CDC at this time. Upon arriving, please stay in your vehicle and wear a mask when coming to receive your food and practice safe social distancing. We look forward to seeing you at our mobile pantry, and we thank you for listening to this podcast. Indian Health Council, empowering Native wellness since 1970. Me, you. Hi, I am Dr. Dan Kalak, Chief Medical Officer at Indian Health Council and a member of the Association of American Indian Physicians and the Palma Band of Lusanyu Indians. In 1971, American Indian and Alaska Native physicians launched AAIP to improve and protect the health of indigenous cultures. AAIP encourages all American Indians and Alaska Natives eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine to get vaccinated to preserve our tribal cultures for future generations. Um, with with uh, how much more time do we have? I bet you time fly, time flies when we do this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're at thirty minutes. So. Um, is there uh, with with it being Red Ribbon Week? What what, what about uh, other drugs, alcohol? You know, uh, what if someone's in active addiction and wants to stop and can't stop? <laughs> well, they can't stop, and they don't want to stop. No, they want to stop. Oh, they want to stop. stop. Yeah. They want to stop, but can't stop. Well, having the desires number one, right? Just reach out. You could come see a substance abuse counselor here at the clinic, and we'll, we will do an assessment to see what type of program might best fit your lifestyle. We have, um, like I said, there's different treatment facilities that we can resource out to, whether it be residential, IOP. We have a few connections out of state for somebody that just might need to get out of the area and just do some really good treatment. There's sober living options. I mean, there's um, classes here. There's... Um, meeting with your counselor one-on-one. -on -one. There's many broken hearts. They have that every couple of months. We have a, 
uh, while Brady talking circle with Mr. Paul Gonzalez right now. There's a women's empowerment group on Wednesdays from 1030. So it's just a matter of just asking, asking. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I don't think there's anybody here that hasn't been through something that we know that we can't, that nobody should have to do anything alone. It's all about me too, because I get it. If I and if I don't get it and I can't help you, I'm gonna find the person that can help you. Yep. That's how how we work around here. There's somebody for everybody, you know. And you don't have to dance with everybody, but you gotta dance with somebody. Yep. They say right. Um, meetings are really good. There's Zoom meetings. Get into the Wild Bride movement right there by Don Coyhees. That curriculum has saved my life. There are so many different ways you could get in on that. It's, there's meetings, there's talking circles, there's fire starter groups. Um, they have this um, celebrating families movement. They have so many things going on that the best thing to do is like culture is prevention, right? We walked away from certain things because of whether, however you want to see it, whatever has happened to us in the past. The, and the thing is, is that we are going to have to learn to forgive some of the unforgivables. Whether it was somebody else hold, holding us down, our own family members. Sometimes our own family members are the ones that are um, trespassing against us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I needed help. Hurt people hurt people. They sure do, right? And when I needed help, um, maybe my family weren't, members weren't the ones that could help me. They just couldn't, they just couldn't do it for me at that time, you know? And somebody else helped me out, you know? And... It's just as long as you have a desire, that's number one. Um, just keep keep trying no matter what. Don't beat yourself up. Like we're human, we're fallible, things happen. But as long as you pick yourself up and you move forward, you're always going in the right direction. Yeah, no it's matter a journey. What. Right? It's, it's a, a journey. It's a long journey. It absolutely it's, is. It's not it's a, a process. <laughs> it's not a short run. You know, this is something that you're you gotta understand that you're throwing the backpack on and you're going for a long time you know it's it's not it's not something that gets taken care of right and it actually starts other in other places we think oh i'm fentanyl's for me some people they do start every now and then you hear that they start off with fentanyl because they just got introduced to it by somebody but the truth is is usually a stage it starts social with social stuff like alcohol mm-hmm. right marijuana right and then what happens is you have it, those other things lower your inhibitions, and then it opens up the gateways for something else to happen. And then you graduate supposedly to meth, right? And then the heroin. That's like this is like coke, a little coke, a little coke, get right? A little older and bolder, get a little money, <laughs> get a little money, get cool, <laughs> right? Well, coke. I, I know for like me too, for the so for the youth too, that what you have to as parents have to also be aware of is like for me back in high school, I got introduced to opiates like Norco's and all that stuff through a dental procedure. So, you know, I got, uh, I got, uh, I don't know, like 25 Norcos or something. And I took them for the pain. And, you know, I run really high anxiety, as everyone can kind of see. And so with opiates, it kind of wants well, to be back Well, now that you mention it. I run really high anxiety. You do sometimes. a fine, dude. Fine. <laughs> but, uh, so, I had so no it, idea. It, it brings me down. So my brain, uh, you know, formed an affinity for it right off the bat. Dang. So, you know, and that led a, down a long, long path of a... Uh, Oh, I'm on a good journey now, but it's a long, yeah. long, long recovery. But yeah, so I mean, one of my friends too, he's same thing. You know, he had a dental procedure and he liked opiates too. And that's what started him Jeez. out. So, you know, um, opiates should be a last resort um, just because, you know, they, they don't, in my personal feeling too, they're really dangerous other than I know they, they cause a lot of overdoses, but like, so they don't really feel like much to me. Uh, they feel like you get a euphoria and all that stuff and that's it doesn't feel like much at first and you know that's the way uh you feel like you're okay but the next thing you know you're addicted you're having horrible withdrawals and it's just the you know it's not it's not that's not a good time it's definitely not a good time at the end it's not not a good time at all but um but yeah so going back to my topic though um yeah, or sports injuries. I know some people yep. get in sports injuries as kids, yep. so that's another that. that's yep. another big way that people uh, car kids, accidents. Yeah, kids get introduced to it, and you know you don't know who's going to have that addictive personality. So personality. So you yeah. always just you know be aware if you're you're giving your child the the, the uh, pain prescription medication. Yeah, if you don't know who has the addictive personality, just 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 look 
just take one quick look around and I guarantee you, you could, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And there's someone <laughs> really close that has a, you know, I, and plus, if you're worried about an addictive personality, just don't even, don't even roll the dice. Just don't even use yeah. because chances are. I'm hard pressed to think of any family that doesn't have an addict in the family. Right. Like it, it, it's, I, I think we should again, get rid of the stigma. Like, don't be ashamed of the fact right. that there's an addict in your family. Cause I think we all pretty much know someone within our family at some level, um, who's dealing with addiction. And it's, it's unfortunate that it's, it's a normal thing, but it is a normal thing. And it's something we all need to learn to, to cope with and deal with and assist with and help with. And, you know, show that compassion, show that empathy and, and be there for one another. You know, just uh, with the holidays coming up too. If 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 addiction is something that you do struggle with, you know, have your resources ready. Like know know your where the groups are. Know your NA groups. Know your AA groups. Know all your phone numbers. Know have a have a plan. Like Tina mentioned, holidays holidays have a way of just just getting our emotions going. And and out of nowhere, we can be doing really good. And one comment or one one non comment or something can just flip a whole day. Um, so, so, uh, um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, relapse and, or addiction, a lot of stuff happens during the holidays. Cause nobody can push your buttons like your family. Or not getting a gift. Right. <laughs> family can be our number one trigger. Not just that though. When you yeah. think of family loss, with the holidays, yeah, yeah, loss is where I was going to go for the ones that have had some loss recently, or even in the past, something that you never healed from yep. before all of a sudden. And that's why it's so important to like go through all the seasons and go through everything like grief, like, you know, sadness, go, go seek help for these things. Get, it's not even so much like, it's more about going out and saying like, hey, how can you guide me? I need a mentor in this area of my life right now for this. Because that's what it's about. That's in um, building just little strong, secure, young adults, right? If we start doing that and start to heal our stuff and, and start to really think about the next generation because that's who's going to start to yep. change stuff because yep. we've already done our damage, right? So let's start to build them up and start to help to let, normalize that stuff. So normalizing crying in front of people, saying it's okay to be sad. You know what? Saying this hurts me. This is how I feel about this. Open up those discussions. Saying I love you. Right? Yeah. How hard and uncomfortable. People don't say that. We think just because we paid the bills that they should know. Yeah. My dad used to do that. Oh, yeah? Well, <laughs> as an adult in therapy, we had that discussion. I, you never told us I love you. And he said, well, didn't, it, didn't I? Didn't you see it in my actions? And yeah. I was like, no. Like, you still have to hear it, right? You have to hear, hear it. it so. feel it, touch, uh, hear it, feel it, and uh, uh, what is it? There's three of them. There's, you got to tell see someone, it. you got to show someone, and you got you to you gotta give it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I was fortunate in that re respect. My dad had a dad who didn't, you know, he was World War II vet and he very kept everything very close to the chest. But, you know, I put a house over your head, you know, I love you. Like, that was, <laughs> my dad was like going to be totally opposite of that. So, no matter how rough things were with my dad, the one good thing that I always got from my father was he made sure to tell us that he loved us and cared about us. And it really did make a huge difference. It really does. Um, and I've heard, I've heard a few times now in the last couple of months here amongst our staff and, and various people that, uh, we've interacted with that there's a lack of that show of love, that verbalization of love, um, within this community. And I think that's, it's so tough. It's so tough to live without hearing that. Um, so yeah, I, you gotta say it, you gotta say it. You know, it's such a small thing, but it, it makes such a difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think. Killed the room. Look at that. <laughs> well, well, I wanted to say something, but I didn't want my mom to get mad if she was listening to this Oh, podcast. she's going to listen. So you're, like, you're, you're, you're already in trouble. Right there, so. You're already in trouble. There's massive <laughs> people listening. Here it is, though, Charles. There's thousands got, of people You got to say it. Well, no, it's, and, it's yeah, related to that, too. five listeners that we have. <laughs> yeah, and you offended one of them, I guarantee, uh, and I offended the other four. Well, no, it's because, you know, I'll back on that love thing, I, you know, I'm probably, I'm, I can't remember if I heard a lot growing up, but, you know, uh, when... 
it's weird when I do say it or I do hear it get here to me still. It still makes me feel kind of awkward, kind of weird, because I, I must have not heard it enough or something. <laughs> or at least I probably needed to hear it more. But, yeah, well, sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? In your mom's defense, some of us need to hear it more. You know, like I got a kid that's a dang, like it's about as hard as that door, and she don't want to be touched. She don't want to be talked to. She, you know, and then another kid is like as fragile as, as you know, uh, an iceberg, and you got to like give her as much affection as possible and tell her you love her all the time, you know? And so it just, some of us need it more, you know? Some of us need more attention, you know? Some of us, just like going back to the drug topic, you know, some of us can, you know, can, can, can go and, and, and try to have a drink. You know, come home, have a drink and be fine. Some of us dip our finger in alcohol and it ruins our life. You know, it's just the same. You know, some people don't need to be told, you know, they love you all the time and they're all right. They, they're, they're thick skinned. Some people need love and affection to just carry them through life because they'll feel like nobody's there for them or, or something, even though you just told them, you know, or you showed them or give them. Give I them think them. a lot of it is just familiarity. You know, like we, we talk about suicide being a difficult thing to talk about, right? And people are uncomfortable saying it. Well, expressing emotion of any type, if you're not used to having it expressed to you or you're not used to expressing it yourself, is something you have to grow accustomed to because it is uncomfortable because you're not used to it. And, it, and that uncomfortable feeling isn't because you dislike hearing it. It's because you just aren't used to being told that. And so you maybe lack the ability to trust it when somebody says it to you or, or you, you don't know why they're saying it to you because you're not used to someone saying it to you. I had a girlfriend who was like, you say you love me an awful lot. I was like, cause I do. She's like, yeah, but I'm not used to anybody saying that to me. I don't feel like I deserve it. And I was like, well, that, that's really unfortunate, you know? And we had to unpack that together. Um, and, and it really just came down to, she wasn't used to people saying that to her and, she grew up feeling like it wasn't something she deserved, which is why she never got it, <laughs> you know? And it's, 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 it's weird. It's difficult. Emotions are difficult, <laughs> you know, but, uh, I think shying away from them, like anything else, if you ignore it, it doesn't mean that it's not there and not needed. And, you know, like, well, like, what I can say as a native American woman, here we go. I love my people. Here we go. Man, <laughs> I love my people so much. The good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Yeah. And I just want my people to heal, like everyone, like I do. I want us to get past this stuff. I want us to heal from the past, and I want us to move forward. And I want to give my kids and for them the best opportunities in life. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to go out to show. What, and I know it has. it's not just in my, it's in my home. It's in my community, and it's outside my community. And so that's where I'm trying to hit that pavement with that because I do. I truly love my people, and I want the best for everyone in my community. So, like, even if I seem a certain way, because sometimes people, like, if you get the funny side of me, you'll be like, oh, Tina's fun. Ha, ha, ha. But then if I'm, like, just standing still, sometimes people are like, oh, she's unapproachable. You know what I mean? It, oh, yeah, I know what you, you know, mean. You know what no, I mean, I'm right? Gonna... <laughs> I'm going to say it first as a Native American woman. Oh, I'm sorry. You still, okay, my bad. As a Native American woman, <laughs> okay, I can I attest <laughs> to the RBF face. <laughs> we're, we're known for it. And, you know, and just with our elders, like, I've never realized how much you brought up your mom. I didn't realize, like, how much trauma she has been through. Mm -hmm. So, you See, know. This, this topic can go. It you can know, go forever. Go. So, But mm -hmm. it is time to heal. We, we, the, we're, we're, we're still... With, with what you just said, our, our parents, some of our parents are, are from board. There's still parents out there that are fr that were in boarding schools that had their hairs cut and their language taken for them. You know, definitely grandparents out there. Yeah, they are definitely connected to that. You know, that, you know, so so that's that's not seven generations away. That was that was it's our, recent. It's recent trauma. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and a lot of us don't want to talk about the intergenerational trauma because, you know, it's just let's just move past it. You know, but sometimes you don't even know why you feel it in your blood. You feel it in your DNA. You feel it in your soul. I never understood why I felt so angry for so many different things mm. until I started to really realize that I have my grandmother's cells in my body still. Mm. And so once I could heal from that and that hurt and just really, really try to understand it, there will be moments as a 40 middle, my mid 40s, <laughs> a woman in my mid 40s. <laughs> 
sometimes I don't understand why I could hear something or see something and I could have to hold back tears because I deal with abandonment issues. Mm. But I do. You would think, oh, you've healed from that. I have a decent relationship with my mother now. But no, there are times where that hurts me just as if I was five or seven years old. And you know what I, but, and it's there. It's just there. And so I, in learning more about intergenerational trauma, I could see where, I heard somebody say this once, a lady, and I thought, oh man, but I felt it. She said, if I didn't have alcohol at that time, I probably would have killed myself. And for her, that was true. And I felt it with every being of my fiber in my body. But I also know that things sometimes work for you until they don't, and they are destructive. And that's where I go. Because like you said, some people, they can stop. Not me. Right. It's... It's all out there. It's and it's no good. Not even it's no good for all the people around me. And um, but that's why I know that there's a solution. And that's what I teach my kids, no matter what, they're gonna go through things, but I want them to know that there's a solution. And that's where we need to be as a community in the solution. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there there, there's there's a lot to be said about about I think what what you just you know brought up and we could probably do a whole whole podcast on that. Uh, as a matter of fact, my last presentation I did, one of the staff members, we just she, she just decided to like that I needed to you know she needed to educate me. She was a young 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 lady, you know, local local tribal member, and um, um, we're talking about stress and 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 it starts at a really young age with our kids. You know, why would kids start using such hard drugs? You know, why would kids drink? Why do kids smoke? You know, yeah, it's learned behavior, but. They're, they need that that feeling they need there's a, there's a void and 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 the stress can be so much you hear fighting you, you know we think that it, it it's so regular that they they're dealing with it but they, they need to cope you know and they need to deal with the trauma the, the stuff that's going on you know where well we're so used to it and accustomed to it we think that it's just a way of life but but they're seeing other peers and TV shows and all this other life where they they're like man this sucks or 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 man I want to feel better you know and 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 I know the drugs don't necessarily make them feel better but they don't feel like they were feeling they're not mad anymore they're not angry they're not confused they're they're high, they're messed up, you know, and but they're not angry, you know, at that it's, moment. It's masking the thing it, that was def- definitely them. masking them, and it's it's hurting them, it's killing them. Yeah. But um um, it, it, it starts at a really young age with just simple simple issues like stress, which which stress is a huge issue, you know. Uh, um, but we don't we don't realize, you know, that 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 our kids are going through stuff like that, you know. So um, um, I think I think we have to. We have to really look at at, at what we're doing and our and our behaviors. If if it is the, our kids that we really care about, yeah. you know, because so many times we say, you know, I'm, I need I'm doing this for my kids. I'm doing this for my kids, you know. But but ultimately, we're hurting our kids the more we're doing it, you know. And and, and not that we mean to, you know, not that we mean to hurt our kids, but it it it, it could really be hurting them, you know. So um, it's just something something to look at um, when we're talking about. The, you know this topic in particular because because our kids our kids are definitely affected we're ultimately the ones that that are being hurt we're the ones that are going to lose our kids we're the ones that are, are suffering and being tortured with the addiction but but our kids are up next you know they're first of all they're going through that life watching you watching you kill yourself but they're also going to probably you you're not giving them much of a chance you know, whatever, whatever future or, or statistically speaking, if I may, you're, 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 you're lowering their odds at success by, by putting them in front of active addiction because it's learned. A lot of it has to do with learned behavior, you know, especially if there's access to it around the house, kind of circling back to where we started. Uh, but but it, it, it's just a vicious. It, it's just it's it's uh, there's a lot to it, you know, and, and we all see it. We all see it around. So. It's tough. It's tough. It's it's a lot, and I think we're all really passionate about the topic because because people that we, we love and 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 care about. I wasn't anticipating this morning walking in to do a podcast, but <laughs> I knew it was Red Ribbon Week, and we, we needed to do something. But uh, it, it it's something that you know if we could snap our fingers, and I'm sure we would all you know use a wish and stop addiction. But the reality is is it's it's here, and and it's gonna get someone. Someone's next, you know, and we, we, I bet you each one of us know that it could be one of, it could be us, 
could be it could be one of us or it could be one of our kids and 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 we we got to stay vigilant you know and support each other stay educated and you know a lot of why, why I, i'm passionate about my own work and and the more i learn and and is because you know of my recovery too uh, is 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 uh, is it keeps me on my toes you know the more i learn and, and the more I, I i i hold myself accountable to people that i talk to uh it keeps me on my toes and helps me with my recovery too because i know as much as i want to help and, and love my community that i need to be accountable as well so um because i hate seeing it i hate going to services with nothing worse there is in my opinion there's nothing worse with all due respect to the people that we lost because every every funeral is sad right. you know but but there's nothing worse than a young kid's funeral that the, the overdose you know or, or or an accident but but going to a young man's funeral that didn't have to pass an overdose and watching watching the the the, the pain from the community knowing that it didn't have to happen knowing that that they, they misused or they overdosed knowing that they they, they, they were suffering uh, uh, th those to me are the most painful services to go to you know and, and knowing that that dang it they could have just got a hold of it or, or, or if we could have just just does something different, you know, but just what it is. But it doesn't have to be that way. But it is, I guess. So you're in need of help. Yeah. Seek it. There's no time like today to get on to change your life and get on the right path to start to make some of those decisions. As hard as it may be, um, we've been through so much more. We've been resilient in so many different ways. You can get past this too. Just reach out to us. Do you want to give your number out again? 760-749-1410, extension 5376, our number four for behavioral health. And then uh, Charles? Uh, oh, my extension, it's going to be 5334. And then and then just, are we closing up? Yeah. Gonna wrap it up. You want to wrap them up on the naloxone and, and like, so do, are, you, are you doing naloxone and, and uh, um, Narcan and stuff? Yeah, so oh, if any whoever's listening out there, if they want uh, any uh, any type of number of kits of naloxone, just go ahead and dial uh, the clinic number and then my extension as well, and I can get you as many kits as you needed, as you need, or if you need some other, you know, outreach or prevention, harm reduction prevention, like uh, the fentanyl test strips, um, lock boxes. We, we do have. Um, so we do have medication lock boxes, but we also have medication lock bags. Mm, yeah, cool. we also have first aid kits too, okay. as well too. I mean, because that, that, that's another aspect of the harm reduction is also mm. in there. There's like a sterile bottle of water, and um, you know, gauze band aids and all that stuff. So uh, you know, it's it's also about disease prevention and harm reduction. That's great. So they just they just call in, reach out to you, and then they can yes. come pick it up. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much for, for taking the time yeah, to chat you. with us I'm today. thank you. I'm surprised you got Charles in here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, Charles, for the record, right on. Charles, for the record, Tina I didn't drag you in here, right? Yeah, it's all good. I, no, I'm good. No, I'm good. I, 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 I asked him last week, and he's like, no. <laughs> I know, and, I, <laughs> I and I didn't mess with him. You said on Thursday, and I was like, oh, that's the class. And I was like, no. I'm saving Charles because I know. To be fair, he says, I'm going to respectfully decline at this time. That's what he said. I'm going to need him for some outreach here pretty soon, so I'm saving my ass. <laughs> I don't have a problem asking anybody for anything. So <laughs> I will ask, ask, ask away. There you go. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, thank Art you guys. And George, Appreciate thank you guys again. Yeah, and thank uh, you. Everybody out there, you be safe and take care of yourselves and be sure to reach out if you need help. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Indian Health Council's What About Life podcast is made possible by the Prevention and Early Intervention Program funded by the County of San Diego Mental Health Services Act. Indian Health Council's Behavioral Health Hotline can be reached Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. by calling 760-751-6004. That's 760-751-6004. If you're outside of Indian Health Council service area and are experiencing a mental health emergency in San Diego, call the San Diego Access and Crisis Line at 1-888-724-7240. That's the San Diego Access and Crisis Line at 1-888-724-7240. Or call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 
at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255 for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Help is available. All you have to do is reach out for it. Indian Health Council, empowering Native wellness since 1970. Thank you for listening to the What About Life podcast from Indian Health Council. Please take a moment and make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss a single new episode. The views and opinions expressed by those interviewed on the What About Life podcast, including all program participants, are solely their own current opinions regarding events and are based on their own perspective and opinion. It is the opinion and perspective of the interviewees and the hosts. Such views, opinions, and or perspectives are intended to convey a life story or based on recollections about events in their lives on which conflicting memories may exist and are not intended to malign any individual, religion, ethnic group, or company. The views and opinions expressed do not reflect the views or opinions of Indian Health Council, Inc., or the companies with which any program participants, interviewees, are or may be affiliated. The What About Life podcast is a production of the Health Promotions and Marketing Department at Indian Health Council and is funded through the Prevention and Early Intervention Program from the County of San Diego HHSA Mental Health Services Act. What About Life is produced and edited by David S. Dawson, executive produced by Beth Turner. Our research team and hosts are George Pojas, Arturo Calvo, Jason Levine, and Marissa Yepa. This episode of What About Life is the copyright of Indian Health Council, Inc.